welcome to the 1970. I'm your host, Ed, and joining me today, socially distanced all the way in New York, is Mark Damon. Mark, it's international break time, so I know you're happy. How's everything else oh, going? <laughs> I, I always love the international break. Ed, it, it, it's, it's always fun to watch random <laughs> games against Bulgaria that nobody cares about. But anywho, uh, nice to talk to you. It's yeah. a beautiful day here in the tri-state region and just before we get started i'd like to congratulate you on your psg twitch debut um good show uh thank you thank you and hope for many more uh in the future yeah it was um a learning experience that's for sure i've never really gone live in front of that many people before obviously psg have a much bigger audience than we do so uh, very interesting and a lot of fun. We had Jonathan Johnson on. We had Ty, um, who's here on our team. He, he was able to come on and, and join for a little bit. We hope to have you on. Um, the, the plan is we're going to try to do these shows once a week, so we're going to try to have you on and Guillaume and all of the guys, Kose, that, that you hear here on, on PSU Talk on a regular basis. We hope to bring them over and introduce them to an even bigger group. Um, that's the plan. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how long they let us keep recording. <laughs> Well, you, with me, you never know. So <laughs> we might save you for less. Then that way, they, if they get rid of us, we're already at the end. Um, well, Mark, let's just one thing we did talk about on that show was the Champions League draw. It was last Friday. It was in the very early morning for me, um, also for you, everyone in the United States. Um, it was early, but um, it was not. PSG did not draw. Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea. We didn't get Holland at Dortmund. There were so many great storylines, and I feel like PSG ended up with kind of a a dud. I mean, it's a rematch of last season's Champions League final, but like Bayern, PSG, it'll be fun. It's, I'm looking forward to it, but it, it doesn't have that sex appeal to it. So I wanted to get your thoughts. I, I've talked a lot about it. I'll chime in and, and give my thoughts, but I want to let you go off on, on the Champions League draw and what you thought about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, Bayern are the least sexy team in all of Europe. And, you know, I think that sort of works to their advantage to a degree. You know, they're not a they're not a team of Galacticos. They're just sort of a machine that wins matches and usually does it pretty efficiently. Um, it's sort of a it's sort of a German stereotype. But, you know, that's kind of what they've been over the last whatever, 100 years of Bayern Munich or whatever. So. That's not all that surprising. It's not, it's not a, you know, I think people will be interested in it. It's not uh, PSG Real Madrid. It's not PSG Barcelona. It's not PSG versus, you know, Manchester City, where you kind of have a little more of a, an oomph to it. But this is, this is going to be a fun two legs. And, you know, once you get past the round of 16, it's really hard to sort of get a nice, easy draw into the final. I mean, even PSG last year, Atalanta, you know, we're, we're sort of in retrospect looking at Atalanta maybe is not the, the best competition, but... They were the hottest Atal- team in Europe at well, the time. Yeah, and Atalanta was four minutes away from knocking PSG out. Chupo to the rescue. Exactly. So, you... He's now at Bayern. Yeah, once you get through the round of 16, it's just usually usually you're going to face tough teams. Like this is what happens. Like this is not some, you know, this is not some sort of horrible event here. PSG knew they were going to have to play these teams. So, you know, here we are. And I mean, Bayern are the favorite. I think that's fair to say, but PSG aren't that far behind. They're not, 
this isn't, you know, PSG. This isn't that we're talking about the uh, NCAA basketball tournament that I'm currently watching in the background. This isn't a 16 playing a one or a, or a 15 playing a two. This is like a, you know, a six playing an 11 or a seven playing a 10. It's a fairly even matchup, but there is a clear favorite. There is a team that you would take over um, over the other if you had to bet. And I think PSG look like they're going to be healthy. Well, they look um, like they're going to have their... Sorry, let me. You talk about favorites, and I don't know how much betting you do. You have to explain these numbers. So I looked it up real quick. PSG, according to Paddy Power, I just again, I just did a quick Google search. Uh, they've got PSG at eight to one, and uh, Bayern Munich at four to one. Well, what does that mean? I don't, I'm not a big gambler. Well, well, that means that you get eight. You get eight for every one. So Bayern, you Bayern. Let's put it this way to simplify it. Bayern's the favorite. But not by that much. Four, four and eight. I'm assuming. It's no, not. it's not. It's not a it, with two teams. You know, when you have when you do it like that with two teams, it's not. It, it's it's a distance, but it's not like, you know, it's not fifty to one. It's not you know PSG aren't thirty to one. It's like eight to one versus four to one. So it's it's a difference, but it's not substantially a difference. And PSG are going to be way more healthy than they were in the final last year. We're forgetting that Kylian Mbappe was on a bad ankle during that game. Uh, Marco Verratti didn't come in until, I think, the 82nd minute. And they didn't have, uh, you know, PSG will have a better left back playing in that game. Well, Bernat may be back, but you'll have Diallo in there. If not, um, you have Florenzi playing over Tilo Kerr, who is playing in that final Um Verratti will play Paredes. You have Herrera and Gay off the bench. Um, and then I think the difference between having Neymar, Di Maria, and Mbappe as your front three, and then, you know, having someone like Moise Keane, who you can, I, who I think is going to start. I think he has to start. I think they need somebody that can, you know, and I guess we can talk about this when we talk about the, the game against Leon, but, you know, Moise Keane makes a huge difference. And right now, you know, in the battle for who should start at striker, it's clearly Moise Keane over Mark, uh, over Mauro Icardi. And PSG do have options. So this is not, um, this is not a terrible draw. This is not a game where I go into it with dread that PSG are going to get spanked. They might because it's sports, anything can happen. But I think this is going to be fairly competitive. I think PSG, if, you know, a few things break their way, are going to have a good chance to to advance out of this. You know, keep Bayern from going crazy in the first leg. Try to get a road goal or two. And then come home and see if you can, you know, see if you can eke a win out. Like, I, and I think PSG are in the right mindset. I think they have the right coach. I think they have the right approach. I think they're starting to figure things out after sort of a month or two of, you know, up and down kind of play. I think the last two games have really been indicative of what this PSG team can do in the future. So I'm, you know, shocker to say, because usually I'm the one that has to pour the cold water on everybody. I'm optimistic about PSG's chances. And yeah, 
maybe I'll get that thrown back in my face in a month, but I, I'm genuinely, um, I'm genuinely thinking that this is a draw that PSG can take advantage of, you know, we'll, we'll preview it as we get closer, but you know, Bayern aren't exactly better defensively than they were last year. They're about the same, if not a little worse. Jerome Boateng's another year older, another year slower. Um, Alaba's not super impressive. Um, they have good wingback play, but those wingbacks are more attacking kind of players. I think PSG, if they can work their way through Bayern's press, can get some opportunities going the other way. And I'm... I'm thinking that, you know, this time Mbappe converts a few of those chances. Mbappe clearly in a better place than he was in August. Uh, We'll see what's going on with Neymar. He's not going to have a lot of buildup to get to that first leg. But, um, yeah, what are your your thoughts on it? If I had to say, I'm cautiously optimistic that PSG will be competitive here. Yeah, I'm kind of siding with Jonathan Johnson, who sent out a tweet. And he's like, I'm not sure I get all this, like, you know, bunch of Debbie Downers on Twitter talking about, oh, it's Bayern. It's like, yeah, okay, they're defending champions. They beat us, what? They beat PSG 1 0 last season. But as you well said, Mbappe, not 100%. Varadi came in late. Like, it was a weird season, uh, a weird game. Um, and so I think when you look at this tie, I think it's a little bit more evenly matched. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's Bayern. They're so machine-like and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, guys, PSG is a big club too. Like Neymar is about to sign, which we're going to talk about, is going to sign an extension here. We, we've got arguably the best young player in the world in Kylian Mbappe. We've got a world-class midfielder in Variety. We have one of the best central defenders in Marquinhos. Like we have no reason to be afraid of Bayern Munich whatsoever. And to underline that point, I went on BavarianFootballWorks.com, which is the Bayern Munich blog for uh, SB Nation, and, you know, they're talking about – they're kind of joking about how they have Chupa Moting now, our best player. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, cheeky there. But they've got a poll down at the bottom, and it's like, you know, we don't have anything to worry about because we've got Chupa Moting or, man, PSG, we've been there, done that. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. But overwhelmingly in this poll, 48% made answered this question. May the glorious golden gloves of Manuel – uh, Neuer protect us because the football guys sure as hell won't. I think on their end, they know how leaky that defense is. And I think that they know that, um, as you pointed out, they're pressing and pinning PSG back. And we didn't have Verratti out there to unlock their, their pressing and their defense and you know spring the attack. I think if we're able to have him and a healthy Di Maria, a healthy Neymar, they can press all they want. And they are one mistake away from having Kylian Mbappe running free on goal like he was against Leon on Sunday and scoring goals. So I think I'm with you. Be optimistic. This is not the worst draw. And at this point, you're going to get a big team. Why not knock out Bayern Munich, get all of the media talking about you, hyping PSG up as this, you know, the new favorites and everything. I think this is a fantastic opportunity, one. Two, don't forget PSG are a big team too, just like Bayern Munich. Okay, I know that. QSI started, you know, 2011, 2012, but we're, it didn't take long. PSG are here. They're a big team. They shouldn't be afraid of Bayern Munich. I'm not sure that there's that many players on the other side that we should be afraid of. Lewandowski, okay, fine, but, you know, we've got a cardio. We oh, no, there, there's there's plenty of players we should be afraid of. No, but, you I mean, know, we have I, players. I mean, uh, we have, but, that, but again, they should be afraid of our players, it, that, too. That's the point I'm that, trying to make, yep. Yeah, that's the that's – the, that's the crux of what a good, you know, a good even matchup is. Yep. Bayern have players that can hurt us. 
and PSG have players that can hurt them. And just to kind of go back to that game a little bit, that was a very bad game. And I'm not saying it was a bad game in the sense that PSG played a bad game. The the game was just not fun to watch. It was not an interesting game. No. I like agree. Byron had one shot on goal the whole game, and that was the goal by Coman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. PSG had two shots on goal the whole game. Byron right. had six total shots. PSG had five. It really should this have scored. Was... PSG really should have scored in that. They 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 just did. the ball didn't go in the back of the net. Sometimes that happens, but they had yeah, their well, opportunity. They had the Neymar chance in the first half, and then they had that Mbappe chance at the end of the first half. Those were really the two that they could have gotten. And then there was one at the end of the game where Chupa Moting maybe could have gotten a piece of it and deflected it in. But yeah, this, yeah. it was a very sort of a chess match kind of kind of game. And I think Bayern respected PSG's ability to score on them. I, and I think you'll get something fairly similar, although Pochettino is a very different manager than Tomas Tuchel in how he will approach it. I think there's respect on both sides here. I don't think there's – I don't think one team is um, – you know, one team is way more confident than the other. And I think you'll see a fairly even first leg, and I think it'll get decided in Paris. I don't think this is going to be decided in the first leg. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to I think it's going to take all two legs. It's going to take most of the second leg to figure out who is the better of these two teams. And right now – um, you know, you want to go bit for bit here. Um, Neuer and Navas right now. I think Navas is the best goalkeeper in Europe right now. Yeah, I asked Jonathan and Johnson Neuer that might question. Be, no, but Neuer is one of the best of all time. So, you know, and, and to a certain degree, so is Kaylor Navas. So this is, a, it's a fairly even goalkeeping matchup with Navas probably in better form. Um, you know, if we're just talking pure striker, you, you'd take Lewandowski over a Keener and a Cardi. Um, Neymar and Mbappe up front, um, I'd take them over whoever <laughs> Bayern have. Although Gnabry and Coman and those those guys are not bad. Those guys can play and they'll they'll be they'll be good. Yeah. Um, Thomas Muller, a little older, a little leaner in the tooth, sort of their Di Maria, I guess, in that sense where he, he has his moments, but he's not quite the same player he was. And then, you know, midfield-wise, they don't have uh, Tiago Alcantara like they did last year. Um, you you go through this thing, it's not... Yeah. Goretzka it's, is, is decent, yeah, you know, Kimmich. Yeah, talent-wise, talent, talent yeah, Kimmich is, is going to be an issue, because I think Kimmich <laughs> is clearly better than any right-back we have. But... yeah. Um, and then defensively, center back wise, I think PSG are bet again. Talent again, talent wise, this is fairly even. I think if I can break this down sort of simply, talent wise, I think this is fairly even. But Bayern have a better system right now that they know how to play, mm-hmm. and PSG are just sort of learning or sort of relearning how to play football again after you know after the mess that Thomas Tuchel left the club in. So let's see if PSG can sort of hit their stride right as this, um, you know, right as this, these two legs begin, which is possible. And if PSG get hot and put it together, they have a damn good chance of getting through this and getting to the final. And and we talked about, we joked about the international break earlier. Um, you, you never know with injuries. 
could, I mean, potentially, you don't want to see it happen. I don't want to see PSG advance because, you know, Lewandowski goes down with Poland or something. But, you know, there's always injuries. You know, someone on, our, on PSG could get injured. So uh, the international break plays a role. And then you look at the schedule. But, you know, yeah, but you know knowing the history of Paris Saint-Germain, <laughs> it's very unlikely that somebody gets hurt during the international break. Like, no, when does that that's, that's never happened. But it, it, let's assume everyone comes back. Um, you've got on April 3rd. PSG host Lille, huge league on game, massive. That'll be a great preparation. And then you've got shortly after that, then uh, you travel to Bayern Munich. So it, it'll be a really nice test to get the, the squad fully fit and experience a game of an importance before a, a big Champions League game, which is something that doesn't always happen in league on in, in past seasons. So everyone, all the people in the media, oh, they play in a weak league. Oh, that's why they fail in the Champions League. Well, this season, they need every point in league on if they yeah. want to lift the trophy. And so now we're going to see, does having a big game prepare them for the Champions League? We'll find out. Well, well also, and I think this is fairly, um, I don't know if this means much or not, but PSG have more South American players than Bayern Munich does. And it's true. currently this, you know, this international break, the uh, South American players are not allowed to go out of the EU for their, for their games because they would have to quarantine if they got back, you know, due to all the COVID stuff. So the EU players are still going to go play their, uh, you know, play their, their games. But the African players and the South American players are all going to stay home. So Marquinhos, Paredes, Di Maria, Neymar, Acardi, all you know, all getting another week off to basically get themselves ready and fit. Not a bad and thing. With, yeah, good. with Bayern, it's Lewandowski, Muller, Nabry, uh, Goretzka, Pavard, Boateng, all those Kimmich, all those guys are or EU nationals. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that'll make much of a difference, but it's just something to keep in mind. If one of them goes down injured, especially Lewandowski, that'll definitely make a difference. One player I, I did want to point out that we, we would likely won't be seeing is our old friend, Tange Kwasi, who, if I remember correctly, was not on the champions league roster. So, uh, PSG won't be facing him, but if the, if he was still at PSG, he probably would be getting some playing time. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's unfortunate he didn't stick with us, and now he's riding the bench at Bayern. He's not even on their Champions League roster. So yeah, well, <laughs> some people at that age, you know, they get bad agents, and the agents lead them astray and, and have them make stupid decisions. So that you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. It is what it is. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up this Champions League topic. Um, it, let's assume. Let's just put PSG through. Let's say they pull it off against Bayern Munich. Who do you think? Oh. Sorry, excuse me. Who do you think they'll face in the next round? It's either going to be Manchester City or Dortmund. Two games that definitely have sex appeal. City, City. It's going to be. City. It's going to be City. Okay. It's going to be City. Holland will uh, not get Dortmund it done. Dortmund aren't any good. Dortmund are not good. <laughs> Dortmund are not a good team. They have one guy who can score when you know the ball gets put right in front of the net. That's about what they have. So as long as they don't let Holland score, I don't know if anyone else has scored besides Holland for Dortmund. I don't know if they have anybody else that can put a ball in the back of the net. So I don't think Dortmund are very good defensively either. They're playing Thomas Munier as their right back. So you know, let's not let's let's not pretend that Dortmund is this great team here. It's it's a team with one guy. I'd rather play Dortmund in the semifinal because I think PSG would easily advance through that. Um, but it's going to be City. It's going to be City, and you know 
at that point, I think that might just be the Champions League final because that other side of the bracket, Porto, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, and Real Madrid. If Real Madrid's the best team out of that, or maybe Chelsea, good lord, um, that's not a great you know that's not a great side of the bracket. Let's, Ooh, let's could you play. could you imagine a PSG Chelsea Champions League final? The two teams themselves have a lot of history in the Champions League, and then Tuchel, Pochettino. Oh, that I know who who would, who would Carl root for? Oh, Lord. You talk about sex appeal. I know I keep using that word, but I mean, that is about, from a PSG and Chelsea point of view, I mean, that's about as good as it gets, that that match up there. That would be something. Uh, okay, let's keep it moving. I wanted to talk to you, so let me pull up his tweet. Fabrizio Romano, uh, well-respected journalist in the... Here we go! All things football. Let me read it. Neymar is on the verge of signing a new contract with Paris Saint-Germain until June 2026 last details to be sorted out soon a huge bonus will be included in the agreement if psg will win the champions league in the next years it seems like it's a done deal lots of money coming neymar's way some incentive there so we've talked about it a million times just you know we could go through this quickly but just overall it seems like it's done finally well he's been on the verge of signing a contract for two months now so let's you know and to be fair to be fair um, these contracts with top athletes usually take a while. These are not easy contracts to write. The sort of the lawyers they have to get involved, the legalese you have to put in the contract, the incentives, the clauses. It's a complicated contract to sign. But it, it does seem like they've had the parameters for a deal for a while now. It's just sort of hammering out all this extra stuff. And I think that um, that sort of Champions League bonus, if you want to call it that, was sort of a something that's sort of come up later. And I think it means that they're pretty far along here and that they, you know, are really close to doing it, you know, let's say within the next week or two. And I think it's fair at this point to say that he's going to sign. I don't think there's any last second drama that's going to happen with this. And, you know, big picture perspective, it's important to keep in mind that when they made this move in 2017 to to take him off of Barcelona, there was no guarantee that it would work. And I think there are angles you can take where you say, well, maybe he hasn't been as, um, you know, maybe he hasn't lived up to it completely because of the injuries and all of the sort of, off-field stuff at the beginning but let's be you know let's let's look at this from our perspective i would say you know since 2019 since that that august where he thought he was going to go back to barcelona neymar's pretty much been a model citizen since that point so for about the last one and a half to two years neymar's been on his best behavior at psg you haven't heard sort of the the grumbling that you'd had before where, you know, Hey, he's, you know, going back to Brazil for his rehab or posting stuff on Instagram that gets him suspended from the champions league for three weeks for three games. And that's kind of stuff. You don't hear him asking for, you know, trades and stuff or asking to be transferred. So you feel like finally this, you know, I mean, the gamble always paid off financially because that Jordan deal is worth its weight in gold. And 
even though Neymar's not a Nike athlete anymore, I mean, he was sort of the key catalyst for that whole thing coming together when it did. And he, anytime he has been on the field for PSG, he has been a difference maker. He's been one of the best players in the world. He's been a spectacular player to watch. And he makes the league better, whether the league appreciates him or not. He absolutely makes PSG a better team. And as somebody who is, you know, in his prime, maybe heading to the latter years of it, having him locked up and having a player like Neymar say that PSG is a place he wants to spend the majority of his career. At this point now, he's almost been at PSG as long as he was at Barcelona. Yeah, that's true. So, and with this extension, he's going to be at PSG probably for most of his prime. And it's a big commitment. And it's a commitment that I don't think we expected him to make two, three years ago. I think we always felt that this was sort of a three to four year rental to try to get PSG over the top and win the Champions League. And that's still obviously the goal. But the fact that Neymar is sort of, you know, at this point, I think it's fair to say that Neymar is the, you know, best player to ever sort of commit themselves to PSG long term. In that sense, he's the bit definitely yeah. the biggest star to ever commit themselves to PSG long term. But you know that that means something. That's a that's a you know a totally different sort of animal mm-hmm. here. And now you're you sort of you've had the Di Maria one year extension. You've had um, Juan Bernat. Juan uh, Bernat. Marquinhos and Verratti are locked up. And now you're looking at now you're looking at Neymar till 2026, and the obviously the next domino to fall is the Kylian Mbappe domino. And, and that's where I wanted to get because you you have Neymar here who's going to be at PSG for what five more years in his prime. Yeah. Does Mbappe want to be part of that, or he could go to Real Madrid and be the star? Eden Hazard is on the downslide. If they could sell him today, they probably would. He could go to Real Madrid, be the guy. No one else would even come close to touching him. Or does he stay at PSG and kind of share that limelight with Neymar? Because Neymar right now isn't going to be going anywhere anytime soon. So how do you think that this contract plays into what Mbappe does? If you'd asked me this question, and you probably did, if you asked me this question a year ago, I would have I would have thought very differently than I do now. I think he does want to go to Real Madrid eventually. I don't think there's this big rush right now. Spain is not in a good place financially and Real Madrid is not in a good place financially. He could go to Real Madrid right now, but they would have to sell a bunch of people to get him, and they would be far worse off as a team than what he has at PSG. Would you take Varane and Eden Hazard and maybe some cash for Mbappe? No. I'm just throwing I it would, out there. I don't know I, if I would do it either, but No, as as Randy Moss once said, straight cash home. Straight cash. That's what that's that's what you you're you're at. You don't want that's why you never have players in deals because you never want other people's players. You want to be able to sign whoever you want. So, yeah, straight cash. But it's I think right now the landscape is different than it was a year ago. Obviously due to COVID and I think sort of the decline of Spanish football to an extent. And it's very unlikely that 
uh, Barcelona will be able to keep Messi at the wages that Messi wants. And that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But right now, if you look at Real Madrid, their best players, Karim Benzema, over 30. Tony Kroos, over 30. Luka Modric, over 30. Um, Varane's a little younger, but he's still not too young. Sergio Ramos, over 30. Uh, Carvajal, I think, is over 30 or, or close to 30. What's the deal with Real Madrid and Barcelona? Do they just think their players don't age or something? Like, you can't have a bunch well, of no, mid-30 players. <laughs> Those are great players, and they won a lot of things for them. And it's their, their, um, their academies have not hit over the last few years. I think Barcelona is starting to finally get some stuff, some players from their academy again. Real Madrid's never really had a good academy. And I think if you're killing Mbappe right now, what you have to say is, okay, should I stay two, three more years at PSG? You know, sort of play out the cycle here. I'll have a better chance of winning the Champions League here than I would at Real Madrid for the next two, three years. Although Real Madrid might make the final based on, you know, sort of the soft... uh, Yeah you know, group they were in. So it might be a little tricky there, but still Real Madrid are going to have to make their team worse to sign Kylian Mbappe because they just don't have the funds any other way to do it. They're going to have to sell some of their good players. And if he stay, if he signs, let's say till 2024, which is what I would do if I were him, I don't think I would make the long-term commitment right now. Because he doesn't have to make the long-term commitment right now. He's not in his prime. He's, he's approaching it. But, again, his contract is up at, in 2022. So let's say he signs to 2024. That gives him two more years of PSG. That means he's 24 years old at the end of that. That's plenty of time to make that Real Madrid move and give Real Madrid time to get back on their feet, if that's what he wants. And I'm not under the impression that Kylian Mbappe is going to be a PSG lifer. It's just not going to happen. He's not. I don't think he's that kind of player. And that's fine. That's okay. That's not something we need to hold him to. But I don't think his run at PSG is over yet. I guess I wonder if, if Messi can stay at Barcelona for his entire career. If, if it can be proven that Mbappe can win Champions Leagues and Ballon d'Or is where he is, why can't he stay? Why can't he stay at PSG? I think there's a difference between coming through an academy as sort of a young South American player and having all that success early on and sort of becoming a god in in the city you play in. I think it's a different sort of it's a different it's a different thing. Like it, it, Barcelona to a degree is still provincial and Messi is sort of a godlike provincial figure there. And when you're in a situation like that, it's like, um, you know, to a lesser, to a greater extent than, you know, somebody like Maradona at um, Napoli or Pele at uh, Santos. It has that kind of vibe to it. You know, I look at Kylian Mbappe more like Ronaldo, you know, where, he spent his early years at United, spent his prime in Real Madrid, and then spent the last, you know, years of his, you know, European career at Juventus. Like, I think Kylian Mbappe is, there's more players that are, 
you know, multi-team guys than um, uh, somebody like Messi. And especially when you come and you talk about attacking players. For some reason, the attacking players like to, to move around a lot more than, let's say, midfielders or defenders. Like, you don't see a lot of defenders, you know, good defenders leaving clubs. Like, Ramos never left. Piquet never left. Um, Van Dyke's probably not going to leave Liverpool. You know, Paolo Maldini at, at AC Milan. Good defenders rarely move clubs. Marquinhos um, at PSG. Yeah, he'll probably stay on. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, in good midfielders usually don't leave clubs either. It's usually the attacking players that sometimes tend to like to club hop. So if I'm PSG, I'm saying, look, let's be flexible. We should all be flexible here. Twenty signed to twenty four or twenty five. You know, we'll wink and nod and say in a couple years we'll meet. You know, when things change. We will give you the opportunity to find another, you know, to, to go to Real Madrid or, you know, whatever. But I don't think right now is the time to. Uh, it's not the economy to change clubs right now. It's not the right economy to do that. Yeah. And not, yeah. quite frankly, he needs to get paid. He needs to. He can't be on that salary he's on right now, which is something like 20 to 25. He needs to be up where Neymar is in the 30 to 35 range. And Real Madrid can't pay him that right now. So he can't, you know, he's not going to take a pay cut to, to go to Real Madrid. He's not going to take a pay cut. So, you know, set the stage, set, you know, have, get your wages up, um, extend your contract, get your wages up. Don't, you know, don't go too far down the road. No need for him to sign to 26 or 27. And then assess things in two years. I think that's where everyone will sort of fall at the end of this. Yeah, I'm looking for the... L'Equipe had published salaries, and Mbappe was at the top, but I think he's a way off of Neymar, and Neymar's obviously going to get a little bump up. So, yeah, I think you're right. The economy plays a huge role in that. Um, that it, it, no one can pay Mbappe more than what... PSG can write this second and so it makes financial sense to stay here it makes competitive sense I think PSG are probably the closest to winning the Champions League of, of a lot of the big teams I mean they're right there yeah I just found the article so he makes um about two million a month euro looks like it 20 yeah 2.1 million uh, a month and, and Neymar's at 3.0 uh million yeah. Euro, so I mean, so he gets a million. He gets a million. He'll be on par with Neymar. He'll make. He'll make pretty much what Neymar makes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he he's and, and rightfully so. He he deserves it. That's what they need. So and I think you're right. Sign for maybe not five years like Neymar. Two to three, maybe three, and then you know with the handshake agreement that after two, you know he can leave if things aren't going well and Real Madrid are reassess and ready to go. So. Um, all right, well, we, we've definitely covered that subject. Let's just keep it moving. This is a topic I, I kind of found, and you don't know too much about it, so this will be good. Um, I'll read you the quote. So this is from uh, Leandro Paredes, one of my favorite midfielders, uh, and he was asked about Thomas Tuchel on Telefoot, and he said, quote, there, there were things that were not working. We all needed a change on the mental level individually and collectively we work a lot more than before so 
maybe a couple little shots there at Tuchel. Um, what do you make? Just read that again for. Just read that yeah. again for. I wanna, I wanna yeah, there were things that were not working. We all needed a change on the mental level, individually and collectively. We work a lot more than before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ex- exactly. No, I mean, really, like think that that's what what I've been saying for the last. Yeah. Six months. Tuchel, Tuchel was toxic. That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. It's not, it's not, and again, obviously, 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 um, Tomas Tuchel is a good coach. He just went over to Chelsea, and I don't think they've lost in 14 games. He's a good, great coach. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the cycle ends. That's how these things work. That's how coaching at a, a high-level club works. There's burnout. There's always burnout at that at those sorts of levels. And you you have to understand when the cycle's over and make the adjustment. And clearly, Thomas Tuchel had lost that team. They weren't they weren't scoring at the rate they needed to score. Their best players weren't scoring goals. Killing Mbappe hadn't scored a Champions League goal in over a year by the time they, you know. By the time they had to let Tuchel go, and look at where again, perfect example of this. I think uh, I I don't know who it was on Twitter, but I think it was somebody on Twitter, and I retweeted this. Um, the I think they played whatever how many games under Pochettino. I think it's been seventeen games or something. Killing about base scored sixteen goals in seventeen games. You're not like, lying. Right, the numbers don't lie. Right now, um, he's a Ballon d'Or favorite. He's the favorite for the Ballon d'Or if he continues at the rate he's he's going at. I think he's going to need a big win. I mean, beating Barcelona is, is good. If he can get past Bayern Munich and even if PSG falls short, I think with those two victories plus what he's doing domestically in one of the best and most competitive league on battles we've seen in years, it's going to be hard. I don't know who else out there you would give it to. Yeah, I mean, if he if he makes a deep Champions League run, then you have the Euros, where France are going to be the favorite in the Euros. Yeah. And he'll be the best player on France's team in the Euros. And I think he has as good a shot as anybody. And part of that is because they changed the coach, and they put in a system that helps him as much as anybody. And... In the Tuchel system, Mbappe was an afterthought. And in the Tuchel system, they just weren't scoring goals. They weren't creating chances. Yes, they were really good defensively, but they weren't generating chances. And they were playing a style that was boring and languid and not what, you know, sorry, and I'll say it bluntly, like it's not what the Qataris paid for. (laughs) They're not paying all this money and, and getting all these nice Jordan kits to watch PSG have seventy three percent, you know, seventy three percent. Long day. Seventy three percent possession. There we go. With two shots on goal. That's not what they were paying for. So everyone's happier now. Chelsea have a coach that they can go with for the next two years before he pisses everyone off over there. You know, they can get. They'll get into the Champions League. They may make a deep run this year in the champions like hell they might freaking win it who knows but everyone's sort of better off than they were and that's the that's the sign of good business and i think i don't think paredes was 
you know, making this huge shot at him. But let's be honest with this, too. Uh, Paredes was not exactly flourishing under Tomas Tuchel either. No. So, you know, it, it's a bit of a culture clash there, quite frankly. So, you know, good good place for PSG to be right now. And I think everyone's in a better place. And I think if you ask everyone, was this the right thing to do in December? I think everyone, including Tomas Tuchel, would say, yes, this was the right thing. To, if you asked him, gave him the truth serum, although it's usually you don't have to give Tuchel the truth serum <laughs> to have him, you know, say what he wants to say. But I think Tuchel would say, yeah, they should have fired me and I should have gone to a different place because I needed to. And look where he is now. Yeah. Everybody wins. Everyone Everybody wins. wins. And, and at Chelsea, they're used to boring football. I mean, they had Mourinho there for I don't know how long and Lampard. So they're used to boring football and, you know, one nils or whatever. So, you know, and they got a decent squad. So Tuchel hasn't screwed things up yet. So slow clap for that. Um, let's keep it moving. I guess we should talk about the game on Sunday. The 4-2 win. Let, let's talk about that real quick. You had Mbappe with a brace. Daniil with a, uh, a, a rare goal in the 32nd minute, and then Di Maria also got on the board with a goal. So 4-2. PSG actually at some point in this game were up 4-0, and then Leon got two back in the second half, and then it was like, are they going to throw this away? But they held on. But they did They did what they needed to in that first half. They came out just how I was hoping they would, is take this game seriously, put this game away early, get on the front foot, attack, don't sit back, You know, take a hold of this game, your PSG, and that's exactly what they did. I was very impressed with the performance. I hope there's always things that you can improve upon. Um, but I think 4-2, outstanding. And we got to see a little bit of Neymar in that second half. He comes in as he's trying to get back to full fitness. Um, I thought Variety. he had one amazing pass up to uh, Mbappe, uh, who, who just was clear on goal. It was a great pass. Um, I thought the defense was was pretty solid despite the two goals. Navas and goal, as always, uh, you can always you feel confident with him back there. Um, I thought on the downside, I thought Florenzi had a bit of a, a wobbly game there. Um, so he would probably be the player that I would look at maybe didn't have his best game, but uh, Diallo, once again, playing really well at that left-back position. I think he's probably solidified that for the uh, Bayern Munich game. Um, but that's kind of my overall thoughts on this one. Um, and, and the game, the win, takes PSG top of the, the league on table. So it checks all the boxes for me. What are your thoughts on it? Um, first time all year, I think PSG really felt the <clears throat> really felt the pressure in league on. I think this was a game they they sort of given themselves all the rope they could give themselves. You know, they've lost seven games in league on this year. I think four of them have been at home. That's, I think, the most in the QSI era. Um, PSG have looked vulnerable all year in league on. They've looked like a team that's very beatable. And I, they knew they had to win this game. And they came out and played like a Champions League game. They had the focus. They had the intent. Their pressing was phenomenal. Like, that's the pressing that, you know, that, and I've, I've probably said this for years now, PSG suck at pressing. They are awful at it. You've mentioned They've that once or twice. <laughs> They've always been awful at it because what they do is they have one guy run at the person with the ball and everyone else just sort of spreads out wide and teams are able to just easily sort of pick the passes through their press. So PSG have never been good at it. You saw in this game, they had two people on the ball all the time. Anytime Leon tried to get a, pu- get a pass forward, two guys stepped up. And they forced the ball where they wanted Leon to pass the ball. 
Lyon were rarely able to put the ball in spots where they could get great chances. PSG limited their chances pretty much for the first 70 minutes or 60 minutes of the game. Lyon barely got a sniff at goal. Um, PSG converted turnovers into scores. They played well in the box. Guys were in the right positions. I thought Florenzi had a bit of a better game than you did. I think one of the things Florenzi does really well is I think he's always positioned well. And I think the way PSG are playing this right now is Florenzi sort of the aggressive fullback. And they're sort of tilting the field to the right. And Diallo sort of sits back at the halfway line and is able to sort of be that. Again, he's a brilliant one-on-one defender. I, I, I'll be all over the place with this review because I think this was it was an excellent first 65 minutes. Diallo was absurdly good. And he just shuts you down. He's just phys- he, the physicality he's playing with right now and his ability to cut you off when you try to get by him, the ability to sort of play himself out of pressure. Like they haven't, you know, Bernat can play himself out of pressure, but somebody like Kurzawa, like he just can't do it. He just can't play himself out of pressure like that. Diallo can do it. He doesn't have the runs. He can't do the outside. He can't do the overlapping runs that somebody like Bernat or Mitchell Bacher can do. But what he does is he's steady on the ball and he keeps the ball moving and he doesn't lose possession, and he doesn't turn it over. And they figured out, I think, a good balance on that back line. And, you know, Marquinhos sort of has slipped right into Thiago Silva's role, almost seamlessly. It's like you wouldn't even know he wasn't there. And, you know, there's times where you know you notice it, but it's not often. And Kimpembe can be physical, he can be aggressive. They, they figured out that center-back pairing. And... I think the the one thing I'm concerned about is I don't think Marco Verratti's right at the moment. I think he's not quite where he needs to be. Like some just something physically, he's not you know all over the place like he was. And part of that is the way he's playing his new role. But I do think you know he needs to get himself into a little bit more form. It's not he's not that far off. Yeah, yeah. He's just a he's just a little bit off. And obviously up front, you have Kylian Mbappe just doing Kylian Mbappe things. He was phenomenal. Like that, that first goal, was it was very much – that was the Barcelona goal. Yeah. The first Barcelona goal. It was the same – he plays it to himself, and he, he scores off that sort of wicked angle off his left foot. And you're seeing it. He's, he, can use, he can score with both feet. And not everyone can say that. He can score with both feet now. He can score from the outside of the 18. He's done that now. He can score penalties. So you're seeing him slowly sort of round his game out to where he can do all the things. He's not just sort of a straight line scorer. He can score in a technical way. He can score from the from the uh, from the from the spot, which is not something everyone can do. Just ask Lionel Messi. Um, it's. It, He's just become an all-around brilliant forward. Like everything he does is good, and bringing and, I, and I'll say this because I, I think it, it gets lost. They need to sign Moise Keane at all costs. And I, I tweeted means, every match day. I'm like, whatever. If that it takes. means if that means selling off Mario Cardi to do it to fund it, that's what you do. 
Because Moiskeen is Edison Cavani reincarnated. Like, he does all the things that Cavani can do. He has, and I mean, especially on the defensive end. He just, he changes the way PSG can play. They can't do it with Icardi. And you saw the difference in the first leg against Barcelona and the second leg. When you didn't have Moise Keane, they just couldn't press and defend the way that they could when they have a Moise Keane out there who just runs and runs and runs and does it in an intelligent way and can do the hold-up play, which is something that Cavani wasn't really great at. Keane's another guy, eye for goal, you know, not as clinical as Icardi in the box, which is why I think I like Keane and Icardi playing together because both of them do what the other one doesn't. So they're sort of a compliment. But, man, they missed Moise Keane against Barcelona in that first leg. And you know what? They missed him against Nantes, too. Like, they would have won that game if they had Moise Keane. Because yeah. Keane would have been able to, you know, would have given them another person to, you know, have to really defend. So, I love the way he's playing. Di Maria looks like he's starting to get back a little bit to what he was. He's sort of not been great this year, but he's been... You know, it's he's sort of been in a tertiary role. And Neymar got his 20 minutes. Uh, Killian looked like he twisted his ankle, but he's uh, he's off to, you know, play in the play in the Euro, the European whatever the whatever games they're playing over this international break. Yeah. He's at Clairefontaine, so he, he's obviously not hurt all that bad. They're like playing a qualifier for a qualifier for a qualifying tournament. Some stupid yeah. whatever nonsense. Um, hopefully he doesn't play too much because we want him healthy. And he did tweak something. Although after he came off, he was like drinking yeah, water he and looks laughing. Fine. Yeah, he didn't look too yeah. injured. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, great game. I think we've said enough about that. Um, we're coming up on an hour. So, but I do want to get to some questions. I always put a tweet out and we don't always get to them. But I want to make sure. So yeah, this, let's, let's get to it. <laughs> so this one comes from well, Ed. I just want to yeah, say this too before we, we get to questions. I'll do quick. Um, I think PSG are now the slight league on favorites. I think beating Lille is essential, although I, I think Lille are fading a little. I think Lille were good for most of the year, but you know this will come back to bite me in the ass, but I, I don't see Lille as being the threat here. I think PSG have to beat Lille and then just sort of try to win six of the last seven should get it done. So seven of the last eight should get you there. Yeah. Uh, Monaco worry me a little bit because they're just the, the, there's times where Monaco haven't looked good, but then there's times where they look like the second best team in the league. So they're going to have to play this till the end. This is, you know, this isn't a, a league winning game or anything. Yeah, it, it's close to it, but you've got that, that match on May 9th against Wren, um at Wren, which could be a stumbling block for PSG down the stretch here. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I think they're slight favorites, but this is fun. We'll be tuning in because every game is important for PSG from here on out, Champions League and League on. Um, all right, so back to questions. This one comes from at, at PSG underscore Qatar HQ. And she has two questions. So the first one is, how much do we really care whether PSG wins League on? Is there a good reason to not want PSG to win it yet again? Real quick, I want us to win everything, every trophy. I, I see maybe letting another team win it. Okay, their fans excited is parody. But then, you know, if it's Lille, they're just going to sell the best players. If it's Leon, they're going to probably sell their best players. So, like, it's not like they're going to use this as, like, a building block. 
So why not have PSG win it and another trophy? Do you kind of feel the same way? Sorry, say that again. Well, I mean, how do you feel about, um, you know, at PSG underscore Qatar HQ was just wondering how much do we really care whether PSG wins League on? Is there a good reason for oh, the, uh, not wanting them oh, to yeah, win it? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. I was just, I'm just trying to keep an eye on something. Um, I care. <laughs> I think you, you, we want to pass Marseille obvious, for obvious reasons. For most, you know, they could get to 10 with this win. They'd be the 10-time champions, and that's, you know, winning double-digit, uh, you know, uh, league titles is, a, is an accomplishment. It's a special one. It, 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 we care. I, I care about them winning it. Now, if you had to pick, obviously, between winning the Champions League this year or finishing second in Liga, and I'm taking the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll take the Champions League, obviously. Yeah. Because yeah. you haven't done it yet. <laughs> but, you know, you have to care about – to me, the two things that PSG have to care about are the league and the Champions League. So those are the two things. And I think they have to care about them fairly equally. Although, again, if you had to pick one, you're going to pick the – you know, it, in this year especially – you'll probably pick the Champions League. But again, hands down. If you look at something like a League Cup, like the Coupe de France, I think PSG should selectively care about that. Meaning, if it's to their benefit to care, go out and try to win it. If they need to rest guys in that game, rest guys. Yeah. Don't don't force don't, the know, issue. We've had enough injuries in League Cup matches over the last <laughs> years to realize that it's not necessarily worth it. It's sort of you know you're winning the bat you're you're winning a battle but you're losing the war and that's where uh, Neymar went down against Khan um, and then she also asked and this is totally different see if you got a name but and then who to get as a right back this summer I think we can all agree whether you know Florenzi sticks around or not he is on loan from Roma let's say he goes back we don't you know make that deal permanent is there a right back out there that you think PSG should have their eyes on well I'd love to sign Joshua Kimmich but that's not happening. I'd love to sign Trent Alexander-Arnold, but that's not happening either. Most teams don't let their good players go. Yeah. So, especially at that right-back position. So, they're going to have to, I think, the best thing for them to do, and I don't have a name for you, the best thing they can do is get a young, promising talent at right-back and see if they can compete with Florenzi and see if they overtake him. They thought Dagba might be what, that, but I don't know. No, he's not that. His knee you know injuries slowed him down. No, we know what he is at this point. It, the... He he can't he can't cross. He really gets the ball right outside the eighteen, and he like hesitates yeah. and tries to do step overs. Like he's not a, he's not a he's not a great he's not good yeah. enough. Well, so I, they need to they yeah. need to find a right a right back, uh, preferably under twenty five, preferably with upside, who can compete with Florenzi, who's oh, I think at you think he's thirty at this point. Uh, yeah, you need to you, again. It's the it's sort of the it's sort of the unwritten rule of roster building. Yeah, thirty. If you have a if you if your starter is thirty years old, you want your backup to be twenty three. You want to have a balance there where you have a guy that's ready to take their place. So again, I don't have a name, but I think that's that's about where you want to go with this. I I got a couple names, a couple players out there. Some maybe familiar names. So well, Ricardo, go for it. Ricardo Pereira at Leicester. I think he would be he's talked about PSG in the past he's played in league on I think that's a name Lester you know I think you could you could take a player from them I, I don't think they would have the the financial power to hold PSG off if they really wanted that player 
Um, looking, let me think. Um, here's another name, Hector Bellerin, who I at Arsenal. I know people are back and forth on him, but I think he's a player. Maybe you bring him in, you compete with Florenzi if you do keep him. Maybe having those two at right back could could do something for you. I also like. Um, here we go. This could be controversial. Serge Aurier. Uh, I know he's been rumored. Um, Pochettino likes him. We all know the type of player he is. I think he's fantastic. I think he's the prototypical right back. He, he could get forward. He's powerful. Um, uh, he did have that periscope issue that we, we all that is famous now. So I think he is a player that maybe you give give him a look. Any of the top, as you mentioned, mentioned Trent Alexander Arnold. You're not getting a player of his quality from Liverpool. Um, it's just going to be really difficult. The Kyle Walker, you know, the Juan Bissakos of the world, the, you know, these top right backs, uh, Kimmich, you mentioned. You're not going to be able to pull those players from those teams. So um, we're going to have to maybe get one tier down from them or try to, to pick off a, um, a promising player from a smaller team. I think that's going to be the route. So those are a couple names that I am looking at. Let's see what else we've got here. A lot of people are talking about contract situation. Um, here we go. Can PSG get their redemption on Bayern? I like that. I like redemption instead of revenge. And do you guys think PSG should move on from Danilo and Idrissa Gay do their inconsistent matches? I mean, Danilo did score and Gay's been playing decent, but you're right, a little bit inconsistent. And sorry, that question came in from at Phillips seven zero eight one six eight nine six. Uh, do you think the summer, Danio and uh, Gay? I guess Danio's on loan, so he'll be good. No, I, I think I think the number you were looking for there is eight six seven five three zero nine. But um, <laughs> uh, no, um, I like Idrissa Gay. I think he's 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 good as the, he's good as a piece in certain games. He's I don't think he has ninety minutes in his legs anymore. But he's and that's also kind of a problem. PSG don't really have midfielders that can go ninety minutes. Pretty much any of them. Verratti can go 90 when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. Um, Danilo is not as bad as everyone thinks he is. I think, and I was guilty of this with Paredes in 2019. I, I you know, I saw him in the system and I thought he was a bum. Like, I, I for most of his, you know, PSG career, he looked like a bum. And then he found the right system and he's turned it on since then. I don't think he's a bum anymore. I don't think anyone's willing to just get rid of Leandro Paredes. So maybe we should give Danilo more than a year before we just start saying he's a, he's a you know horrible player. And I think he has upside to him. And he's, yes, he's 30 years old. But I think he's a good piece to have that can come in for 30 minutes and win some balls and not turn the ball over. He's not a creator. He's not a distributor. He's just a good, solid cog in a team that you want to have some depth in. He's a good depth player. And in a game against Leon like that, where he didn't have to do all that much running around, and he could sort of sit in the middle of the field and, and just kind of do Danilo things, it, it, it kind of worked out for him. And that's what PSG have right now. They don't have an 11 that just is sort of can beat everybody. Like they that and that's sort of it. They don't have an eleven that can just beat everybody. What they do that have though is about sixteen to seventeen guys that you can mix and match depending on the situation. And it's up to the manager to get that situation right. Would I play Danilo against Barcelona? No. And that's why he didn't play a lot against Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, it would have been bad. That would have been bad. 
against Bayern, which is a bit of a slower team, Danilo might have a better opportunity late in the game to, to give some impact minutes. It's not cut and dry. And there's certain games where he's not helpful. There's certain games where he is. And that's what PSG have. They don't have 11 guys that they can just roll out against anyone and win every game. They need to mix and match. They need to rotate their midfielders. They need to, you know, find out which which uh, striker works best with which team. And I'm not willing to give up on those two yet. I'll put it like that. To answer the question straight up, I, I'm not willing to give up on those guys yet. I don't think. Yeah. I think... Adrisa Gay's had too many good games for PSG against good teams. I think he was good against Barcelona when he played. Um, and Danilo has only been here for six months. So let, you know, they only have him for a three year deal. Let's not pretend like he's, you know, you know, let's not pretend that they can't just put him on the bench and play him and, and everything. is. You know, he's not a, a burdensome contract. I'll put it like that. Yeah, and I, and I did misspeak. I, I said he was on loan, but I believe I did see it was reported that PSG do have, like, an obligation to buy. So Daniel probably will be sticking around. And I agree with you. Idrissi Gay has, you know, had flashes. I think he's a great squad player. If he's happy to be here, then let's keep him. Because I think there's going to be other players like Draxler who are probably going to be moving on at the end of their contract. So... Um, new players coming in, new players leaving. I think you got to keep a nice core. You need to keep your Neymars, your Mbappes, and Angel Di Maria's, which PSG have done a great job of signing them long-term deals. But now you need to kind of mold the squad around those players. You need you need a Adrisa Gay to plug in here when it makes sense, and a Danilo there. You know, I'm not saying that you don't bring in maybe higher quality players this summer. I think that with Pochettino coming in, this is going to be his real first transfer window. I know he came in during the January transfer window, but no business really gets done then anyway. Um, so this summer is really going to be his opportunity to kind of mold this team in his vision. I think he wants to keep some of these players that he likes and then look in the market and see where the, the best bargains, the best opportunities to spend a little money and bring in some new um, players, some fresh blood to the squad. So um, it'll be interesting. Um, we got a few more questions, but um, I think we've answered a lot of them throughout this podcast. So I think everyone that has sent those in, uh, Mark, the hour has just flown by. We're at a, a little over an hour now, so let's go ahead and, and get out of here. How can people find you on Twitter if they want to chat with you about anything that you said here today? Well, if they if they would like to talk with me, they can find me at Mark Damon Nine. Fantastic, and I am at PSG Talk. Uh, if you want to interact with me, we are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. I've been thinking about TikTok. I'm not so sure. I'm kind of I'm thinking about it. it. Could be. What would you even do? Just me doing stupid stuff. That's why I'm kind of like mm, people don't want to see that. But all my effort right now, as we started the show with, is all for uh, PSG uh, Twitch. So um, if you don't subscribe to that, go over. It's twitch.tv backslash PSG. Just go ahead and subscribe, and uh, you'll see we got the one video on there. Uh, me interviewing Jonathan Johnson and Ty, and like I said, we'll hopefully have Mark and some other members of the team on. So. Um, we're we're the only English language content that they have on their Twitch page, so that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so um, make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out PSGTalk.com and um, subscribe to this podcast, um, and we'll we'll keep it coming. So thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye everyone. Au revoir for now.